The sponsor for the month is Banner of Truth. If you're looking for a conference that's organized to help you rest, has faithful preachers that you've never heard about, because more than five preachers in North America know how to preach, and will focus on great themes of the Bible, then I would encourage you to consider attending the Banner of Truth East Coast Ministers Conference May 24th through the 26th in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. The conference theme this May will be on communion with God. It's a conference for men in the ministry and for those praying about entering the ministry. Men come to this conference again and again because of the like-minded fellowship, great books that are on sale, and the way it helps them recalibrate their hearts in the ministry. You can learn more at thebanneroftruth.org backslash ministers. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. We are excited to be back. This is part five in our series on biblical womanhood. Let's go ahead and pray, and we're going to get into this. This week we're talking about fearing nothing. We're going to talk about natural propensities towards fear, and then a command of being Sarah's daughters, and more importantly, God's daughters. Included in that is fearing nothing that's frightening. So we're going to go ahead and pray, ask for the Lord's help, and then uh, I'll set it up, and then I'm going to pitch it to you. Sounds great. Okay, Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for your leadership as we talk through this. Thank you that you have made us distinctly as human beings, male and female. And there's so much glory in that. And we want to thank you for that. God, everything that you have called me to do as a man, I want to do it. And everything that you've prohibited me from me as a man, I want to I want to not do it. And for Jordan and for the ladies that are listening in, all that you've called them to, help them to walk in that joyfully. And all that you've prohibited them from, help them, help them to walk in that joyfully as well. And uh, Lord, lead this time. I trust you all. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. The side of the biblical manhood that we've talked about before. We've talked about this a lot. You've heard me use these six words. And then we're, we've been working through this six-part series on womanhood. So on the men's side, uh, we've taken the biblical survey and pulled out themes and words that uh, the Bible gives for, for what we are to do as men. So who we are in Christ and then what we are to do as men created in the image of God. So worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love. So the fifth word in that uh, line of, of six words words is the word lead, leadership, which is clearly an indication of authority in marriage. There's authority given to the man in marriage that is not given to the woman in marriage. And that is a distinct piece of what it means to be in a Christian household. Now, on the, the flip side of this, the woman side, when we're talking about biblical womanhood, we're, we're work, working through these words. It's worship, work, help, submit, fear nothing, love. Now, the whole thing about fearing nothing that's frightening comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm actually getting ready to preach this this coming Sunday. I'm pretty excited about it. And in this passage, we find something that Sarah does that's commendable. Now, Jordan and I were heading back from our conference in, in uh, Missouri today. Had a great time in Missouri at, at the Christendom Conference with the Hope Baptist guys. And uh, the, it was just a great time. Find the links to that somewhere. Um, I don't know when those talks are going to be posted, but it was just a great time there, wasn't it? It was awesome. It was. But we got to thinking as we were driving back from from uh, the conference, in the life of Sarah from Genesis 11, 12, like Genesis 12 up through like 22 or 23, there is almost nothing that Sarah Hardly does. Anything. So when you think of Sarah, you think uh, she laughed, 
she was totally cool with her husband just saying that she was his sister. She is... She suggested up Hagar. Yeah, and then she's a total jerk to Hagar Mm -hmm. and sends him off to basically die. Like, there's a lot of things that she does that you're like, hmm, not flattering. Right. Not flattering portrait of Sarah. Yeah, but in 1 Peter 3, there is something that Sarah does that's commendable, and it's an example for all women and for ladies. And it's held up as something that's just beautiful, good, and right. It's virtuous. It's a good thing. And... It's connected to these five words we're working through. So the fear of nothing is here. But it's connected specifically to the idea of the wife being a submissive one in the marriage. So being under the authority of her husband. I'm going to read it for you. And then we're going to talk back and forth about several things. This is right from uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, we'll start in, in verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word... They will be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see the respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of fine gold, gold jewelry, or the clothing that you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is very precious. For this is how holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and fear nothing that is frightening. Here's the fifth word, fear nothing that is frightening. And the example is Sarah submitting to her husband, calling him Lord, and recognizing that she is under his authority in the household. Now, this can be in every era, not just ours today, but the idea of authority in the home or hierarchy in the home is something that's just pushed back against. And this is something that's been difficult for a long time. But just like with men, whatever God has called us to or whatever God has prohibited us from, I said this in our prayer, we should joyfully walk in that. And here, Sarah is this shining example of fearing nothing that's frightening, even though she feared so many things. Literally, it says that she was afraid and laughed when the angel of the Lord appeared to her, that she was afraid. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's and, why she lied and said, I didn't laugh, because uh, yeah. it says that she was afraid. Yeah. So here, here though, she's not afraid mm-hmm. to be subject to her husband. She's not Call afraid of that. Yeah. And, she, and she called she's him Lord. She's not afraid of submission. She's not afraid of submission or authority or any of that. And here we are as calling ladies to be like Sarah and fear nothing that's frightening. Even though she feared several things that are frightening in this one particular aspect, um, she didn't. And she becomes an example. And Christian women are called daughters of Sarah. And mm-hmm. ultimately, you know what that means is mm-hmm. uh, that you're children of the Most High God. Because to be daughters of Sarah are to be daughters of Abraham and ultimately daughters of God, yeah. which is a, a great thing. Children of Abraham. Yes, children of Abraham. So, uh, Okay, go ahead. What do you got? So, uh, Okay, so in the Genesis account, we have Genesis 17 where Abraham laughs. Mm-hmm. And then we have Genesis 18 where Sarah laughs and everyone's laughing and not responding the way that you would think that Abraham and Sarah should respond when God tells them that a promised child is going to be born. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that it's really neat to think this through in context of First Peter with being called daughters of Sarah mm-hmm. because we see this perfect example of imperfection. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really cool to think about, like, in our lives, uh, being a perfect example of imperfection every day, and yet we are grafted into this 
children of Abraham. Mm -hmm. We are now children of Abraham because of Christ's work on our behalf. That Mm -hmm. our imperfection is what we offer up. And God's like, good job, daughter of Sarah. Mm -hmm. And it's just so encouraging and emboldening and exciting to think about that like her imperfect example and christ's perfect work on our behalf yeah yeah it really it it is a it's a neat thing to think about with sarah because you know i I know a lot of times with proverbs 31 or these examples in scriptures of of godly women and if you look at these women this 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 thread of uh fearlessness what you see is uh sins failures imperfections and then these moments of like Esther standing before the king, right? And you know, for such a time as this, mm-hmm. and it's like this this picture, this scene that's like very movie motion picturesque, mm-hmm. and uh, and here is boldness coming from coming from Esther. Here is boldness from Sarah, even in the household, and uh, even though Sarah is all of the things that we've talked about, and uh, literally chapter by chapter, you see Sarah. Um, sinning. Right. <laughs> like, and and we talked about this, like, we wonder how she responded when Abraham and the boys were going to go and save Lot. Yeah. Like, but, or, or when Abraham said, hey, honey, we're leaving home. Right. I don't know where we're going, but we got to pack right. up maybe everything. She, maybe she was God like awesome and fearless in those moments. Like, right. go get your sword and yeah. don't come back without him. Yeah. Like, you never yeah. know. Maybe she come was Come back like, with your shielder on it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Maybe she was yeah. that type of woman that was awesomely fearless, but that's not what God chose to mm-hmm. tell us about her. Yeah. And yet he tells us that she fears nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really cool to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk real quick about masculine sins and feminine sins. Now, often in the scriptures, when men are given warnings, it's because of propensities within them towards one, you know, proclivities of sin. For instance, we, we've we all heard this. I think if you've ever heard a Father's Day sermon, you probably heard something like this about the propensities of, of men to either be domineering or passive. Okay. So being too aggressive and, and then ruling with an iron fist or putting people under your thumb or being the passive, non-aggressive, sit on the couch, lazy, do nothing, uh, absent father, absent husband, absent friend, absent in the church. So, so those are the proclivities of men. And then you see this in the scriptures when there's warnings um, given uh, to uh, uh, two men specifically. Then you find these are temptations common to men. Um, same thing with women. So there's proclivities towards sin. And when God says to to ladies, that you are to not to fear anything that's frightening. That's what it means to be a daughter of Sarah and ultimately a daughter of God, is not fearing things that are frightening. Uh, it's pointing out a natural sin tendency for women of this fear, of this fear propensity. And I think there's several contributing factors to that. But, I mean, don't we see that yeah. in, even in Eden with Eve? I think that you could see clearly she is wanting something for herself and scared that God is not going to give it. Right. And the serpent, lack of trust. The lack of mm-hmm. trust. And the serpent is offering up something to her that feels better to her. And so in fear said, of not trusting the Lord. To me. Right. Of not trusting the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that so it there's 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 underlying fears there. And uh, and so for Christian women, that's what you gotta work out walk out for. I mean, fear is a sin for which Christ died. Fear in your life, ladies, in any area of life, that has to be killed, it has to be slayed. Jesus died for that sin. Therefore, we walk away from it. Right. We, we can't keep wallowing in fear. And, and for men as well, but specifically as we're talking about women, uh, you're learning to be like Sarah and the example that she, you know, the example of the household, but, but just broader than the household in all of life, learning to live like Sarah and being fearless in 
every area of life. Yeah, and I think that as women, we don't want to be fretful. Like, we don't want to be fretful, anxious women. But yet, that is a propensity because I think we are not focusing on the fact that God is our provider. Mm -hmm. God is our help in time of trouble. God takes care of us. He promises to be near and never leave us. So that is why we don't look to Sarah for Mm. our source of courage, but we Mm. look to Christ. Yeah, Um, We look to Christ as our source of courage. And then, of course, so there's things to be frightened of in this world. We're Mm -hmm. living in a super weird time. Very unknown what the future may hold and perfect opportunity to be fretful mm-hmm. but god tells us to fear not many times in scripture you've heard it said i don't know if it's true i really need to look into this but was, that's but exactly like, what i was gonna fear say not 360 you've heard that 365 yeah, times one for each time a lot it, of times it would be yeah it's a lot it's a lot of times though. a lot of fear, times fear not. fear not is in scripture or do not be afraid and like you said i think that we need to start seeing fear and anxiety as a sin and not just um like emotional health issue that I mm-hmm. can't control. And okay, I get that. And there's definitely Certainly there's seasons some issues. of yeah. like hormonal issues where those feelings are much stronger than others. And that's a real thing. But I think that we need to not live in that and mm-hmm. not be okay settling into it just as a way of life or as a personality trait. But knowing that God calls us out of that and First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Yeah. So the way that we be free <laughs> from fear is knowing that God is sovereign. Yeah. He is in control of all things. So if that is true, if God is sovereign in control of all things, and paired with that, we know that he is good and that he loves us. Mm-hmm. If those two truths are reality for the believer, then can we not cast all our anxieties on him? Yeah. Can we not give every circumstance that may come our way to the Lord, knowing that he cares for us and that he controls all things? There's so much hope in that for me. Yeah. Just um, just a reassurance that I'm able to trust him because he's good and that he controls all things. And he's all-powerful and all-knowing and so much more than my human mind can comprehend. He is. So I can rest in him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine sitting with Jesus, hearing him talk, tell you, hey, like literally sitting next to Jesus on a park bench or something like that and hearing these words, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And here is, you know, Jesus talking to you. This this is his words, not just to those that were the original audience, but this is you. Don't be anxious about your life. We are in his hands. And so we live in a, a highly, we psychoanalyze everything in our world. And instead of calling sin, sin, we call it some sort of mental struggle. And certainly there are chemical imbalances. The brain is a part of the physical body. Just like you can injure a knee, your brain can be injured. Got it. Mm-hmm. But we've and there's got times of like postpartum. Yes. And um, there's times during pregnancy. There's times that where, like I said, this is heightened, mm-hmm. and we should be aware of that and have resources for that. We should have people in our church, older women, that are coming alongside women and saying, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing mentally? How are mm-hmm. you? How are you doing hormonally?" Like knowing each other enough to ask those questions, to be a help to one another, to research, to find good helps, yeah. good natural helps for our body. That's good. And for okay. our mind. Okay. So how do we become fearless? Number one, we have trust the Lord. He's sovereign and he loves you. Okay. He's good. You're in his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're going to be reckless. Right. Okay. Fear, that, that fearlessness doesn't mean recklessness. Yeah. Uh, we trust the Lord and we're not, we're, it's not, we're not reckless with our lives. Yeah. Uh, or we, with our we, family. We walk in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, number two, what do you got? So another thing is to avoid temptation. So if you are tempted to be fearful, if that is something that you're struggling with, then avoid the temptations for that. Um, So I know one for me was Facebook. I just, there were things on Facebook that would cause me to go down a rabbit hole that was not healthy. So a real easy way to take care of that is not just read a bunch of unneeded information. Mm -hmm. So one practical thing in our family is Jared has a no Googling medical things rule. (laughs) That's right. So this means that I do research in times that we don't need it for things like strep throat or ear infections. And I try to be proactive in those things. But then if something comes up with us or one of the kids, I have books that are helpful mm-hmm. that have um, information that I can look up symptoms and and get practical help with them. Or there are trusted people in my life that I can call and get um, information from. But I no longer Google symptoms and read what comes up because that will lead you to the worst case scenario, which probably is not what's happening anyway, and just lead you into fear. Um, So if that is a temptation for you, like it was for me, then avoid it. Avoid, avoid temptation. Um, And I think that we don't want to admit that those things are actual temptations that can Mm -hmm. lead us to actual sin. And here's the deal, As, as pastors, as you're listening to this, you have to be able to speak to feminine sins. And because you want to help the women in your church, because you're 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 their shepherd. Obviously, there's a household order. Uh, you are not the husband of the women in the church, but you are the shepherd of these households. You're you're one of the pastors of your people, and so you're equipping both men and women to follow the Lord. And as you're calling out masculine sins and calling men to be men, you've got to be able to say, "Ladies, these are going to be some temptations for you." And this is what the Bible says that this is going to be these the like fear that's going to be something that's going to come up and be aware and recognize that and then we want to equip the ladies in our church to walk in obedience and not be fearful women but walk in uh, walk in courage and of course you can't avoid all temptation in your life mm-hmm. so um maybe there's a friend that always um is fearful and kind of wants you to also be fearful. Um, so maybe they're always talking about the really terrible things in the world and how frightening it is. And I wonder, Wallowing, if, yeah. and I wonder if we're going to have food next year. And like, I wonder if there's going to set up concentration camps for Christians and like right. just talking about all the fretful what ifs that could possibly happen. Um, so I'm not telling you to avoid that friend, but I'm telling you to lead that friend. Yeah, and instead of taking a back seat in the friend, Friendship to just let them uh, lead you into all kinds of sin and fretfulness, uh, being a leader and saying, you know what, I trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And no matter what may come, he holds me in his hand and he will provide for me then <laughs> just like he would provide for me today. So I think just being a positive example of fearfulness, because as I like to say, courage is contagious. Mm-hmm. So be a woman that is courageous in all spheres of your life and invite other women alongside you to be courageous. Does God know best, or do you know best? Yeah, exactly. You know, God knows best. And for everyone that's listening or watching, God knows best, and you can trust him. He's your father. Yeah. Okay, last thing you got. I think also just being content in all things. Yep. Being content. Whatever comes our way, God can give us the strength to do it cheerfully. Mm -hmm. And um, that is not by your own strength. You can go through very trying and scary circumstances that 
by your own strength, you would not be able to be cheerful through. But we have gone through things that God has given us great joy through. Oh, yeah. And even like... I remember we had we all had the stomach flu. Few, this is like a very small example. Um, we all had stomach flu like a month ago or so, and that probably wasn't a month ago. I don't know. Maybe a month ago ish, yeah. and um, and a friend was asking me how the week was, and I was like, you know, oddly enough, it was a very sweet week. And only by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ can a week where the entire family has a stomach flu be a very mm-hmm. sweet week. Yeah. And God is kind like that, that he can lead us through struggles and trials and hardships with a very gentle and loving hand to give you peace and sweetness through them. So just being content in all things, knowing that Christ yeah. is with you. It's good. So last week we talked about submission and there was some people on Gab, Torba retweeted it or reposted it. And there was a lot of people that watched that video from last week. And some of the pushback, obviously, was with the word submission and how awful and blah, 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 blah. Now, normally people on Gab are really welcoming to that kind of thing. But but uh, there was some pushback there. But it's interesting as we work through this. And in the exact same passage about Sarah and her call to submit to her husband, the thing that she didn't fear, the thing that Sarah got right, the one thing she got right that we know of that's clear is that she was not afraid of hierarchy in the home. Even though Abraham wasn't perfect, he wasn't a perfect right. husband, he failed many, many times when her it comes to his marriage. Perfect. Yeah, her life wasn't perfect. And yet God was faithful to Abraham and Sarah. And uh, it's amazing to see what God does. And so, ladies, in that particular area, don't be afraid of what God has called you to. And walk in obedience to that. It's not a fearful thing to obey the Lord. It's a joyful thing. It's a good thing, and He knows best. And so, be women who overcome by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, fear, and walk in a life that fears nothing that's frightening. Anything else? I'd just like to close with Psalm 73. Okay. This is verse 23 and 24. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. In this life and in the next, we are guided by the Lord and then taken home to Him. That's awesome. We have nothing to fear. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, if this has been helpful, please spread the word and share this. Maybe it can be helpful to more people as well. And uh, we're just so thankful. Thank you so much for continuing to come back. Next week, we're going to end this series with love. And uh, we'll be in Titus chapter 2. After that, I'm going to start a new series on regulative principle pastoring. So pastors, you want to tune into that, uh, put that on your schedule, remind yourself or whatever. And uh, we're going to do a six-week series on, or seven-week series, excuse me, on uh, pastoral priorities and what the scriptures have prescribed pastors to be and do. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you.